So we're going to, we'll come back to a time of worship in just a moment. But we've just been singing about how God is here, moving among us, working among us. How even when we might not see what he's doing, even when we might not feel what he's doing, we know he is working in our lives. And we know that he is here among us by his spirit today. Because he has poured out his spirit on us. And so we're going to come and we're actually, I'm just going to share some thoughts and some things actually. Just to help us as we enter into this season that we feel as an eldership team that God is calling us into. To really press into what it means to dwell in the spirit. What it is to be a people who live by the spirit. So we're going to come and look at some scriptures and we're going to explore some things together. And then we're going to come have a time of prayer. Uh, I'm going to take the children out for a time of prayer. The rest of you are going to stay in here and pray together. And then we're going to have some more time of worship, just so you know where we're heading. But we've been thinking, haven't we, about, uh, about who the Holy Spirit is. We've already said that he is uh, a helper, the helper sent by Jesus. But what I want us to do, just to start with, is almost to see what we know already about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, and so I'm going to say some statements and you have to decide whether they are true or false. But in order to let me know whether you think they're true or false, if you think they're true, you're going to give me the thumbs up. You can choose one thumb or two thumb, it's up to you, I'll leave that up to you. If you think the statement is false, no surprises, it's going to be a thumbs down. If you're not sure, you can just give us a shrug. I don't know, that's okay, you don't necessarily need to know, but we're going to have a practice, so I need the children I'd love for you to be involved in this as well. Maybe you can chat with some of the adults around you uh, about what the answer is and then you can know which, whether it's true or false or we don't know. But let's try this out for size. So I'm going to say a statement. You need to let me know whether you think it's true or false or you don't know. The statement is this, is that pineapple on pizza is good. <laughs> I knew this was going to be controversial. We got... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not trying to split the church. You're right. I should be aiming for harmony, but we're not going to fall out over pizza toppings, okay? But it was just an example. Cool. So I've seen lots of thumbs up, thumbs down. I even saw someone who's like on the fence about it, could take it or leave it. Barry, you can put your thumb down. It's okay. We've, we've seen it. <laughs> we, we know that you don't like it. That's absolutely fine. Let's give this a try, okay? So the first statement is this, is that the Holy Spirit first appears in the New, in the New Testament. Is that true? Or false, that the Holy Spirit first appears in the New Testament. Okay, seeing lots of thumbs down, a few thumbs up, a few not sure. Yeah, no, if, um, can we have the first verse up, please? Ian, in Genesis. Genesis says this, it says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit doesn't first appear in the New Testament with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is there within the first two verses of the whole of Scripture. Even before the very foundation of the world, before creation, Holy Spirit was there. Here's our second statement. The Holy Spirit is a person. Is that true or is that false? The Holy Spirit is a person. Okay, that is True, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So one God, but three persons. So we've got God the Father, God the Son, 
and God the Holy Spirit. And, he, and what that means is he, he is actually the third person of the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit is a person. Third statement. The Holy Spirit lives in all people. True or false? The Holy Spirit lives in all people. Seeing more thumbs down for this one. It's right. It is false. Ian, can we have the Romans verses up, please? It says this in Romans. It says that you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So the Holy Spirit dwells in those who have been born again. Don't know if you picked up in that video that we watched at the start. That was what Peter was teaching. Actually, the Spirit will come and live in you when you give your life to Jesus. So, the Holy Spirit uh, does not, uh, sorry, does not live in all people, but on those who have been born again. On those who follow Jesus and live for him. Next statement. The Holy Spirit first appeared on the day of Pentecost. True or false? Okay, it's false. So, the Holy Spirit came upon believers on the day of Pentecost. We saw that in the video. But, can we have the 1 Samuel verse? So, Old Testament, before Jesus, before Pentecost, it says that Samuel took the horn of oil and, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So, even, even in the centuries before Jesus, even the centuries before uh, before Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has existed for all time and he has been active throughout history. And we see it through the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit comes on certain people at certain times. Our next statement, this one, hopefully, if we've been listening, this one should be a bit of an easier one. The Holy Spirit is the promised helper. Do we think that's true or false? The Holy Spirit is the promised helper. Brilliant. Ezra, well done. Thumbs up. Absolutely true. If we got the John verses there, please, Ian. This is Jesus saying this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. See, Jesus promised to send someone in his space when he returned to the Father, and the Holy Spirit is that promised helper that Jesus spoke about. Last one, the Holy Spirit loves the Father and the Son. Is that true or is that false? Well done. That is absolutely true because the members of what we would call the Godhead have always existed in loving relationship. Have we got a verse from 1 John on there? So we have come to know and believe that the, that the love that God, sorry, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So if God is love, it means that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit have always been loving one another, and always serving one another. We were looking at that a number of weeks ago, if you were with us then, about what that means and the significance of that. So well done, everyone. You can let your thumbs have a rest for a little while. Um, but we're going to come and we're going to think a little more then about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Now, over the last few months, starting at uh, the beginning of Lent, we looked at Jesus' life, 
the conversations he had with people, uh, his miracles, the things he taught, the things he proclaimed. And then at Easter, we spent time, didn't we, thinking about and reflecting on Christ dying on the cross on, on the Friday, but then how on the Sunday he was raised to life again. And then we spent some time, didn't we, looking at, actually once Jesus was alive, he spent some time with his friends. What happened there? Uh, um, what that time looked like? And what that meant. And then over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the, the truth that after Jesus spent time with his friends, he then went back to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And we were asking the question, where is Jesus now? What is he doing? And what does it mean for us? So that's what we have been looking at. But before Jesus, uh, before, actually before Jesus was crucified... He told his disciples that he would be going away and that someone else would be coming in his place. And we're going to read about that in John chapter 14. We should be coming up on the screen. Let's read this together. So John chapter 14 from verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. And these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that I have said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let's go from here. So in this passage that we've just read, we've got Jesus speaking to his disciples. In the chapters around this, so this is on the night where Jesus is going to to be betrayed and going to be arrested and then later uh, crucified. And he's saying to his disciples, I'm going to be leaving you. They didn't understand what he was saying. They couldn't get their heads around what he was saying. They found it hard to to understand um, what he was saying. And it was really upsetting for them, actually, to be hearing this from Jesus, but he's explaining this to them, and he's explaining that one day he will have to leave them, but he promises that he will send someone else to be with them in his place. So he's speaking comfort to them at a time where they're feeling 
troubled and confused about exactly what is going on. And Jesus describes the one who will come as another helper. A person just like himself. A person just like Jesus. One who will come alongside and will help them. And in verse 17 of what we've just read, Jesus makes it clear that who this helper is. And he calls him the spirit of truth. Now names, uh, particularly names in, in the scriptures, are really important because the names that are given show what that person does. And we need to keep that in mind. When Jesus calls the Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, it's not just a, a nice name that sounds nice. Actually, it's really significant about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He is the Spirit of Truth. So keep that in mind as we continue on over these next few minutes. It is the Holy Spirit who is the promised helper. Sometimes people can think that the Holy Spirit is just a life force, maybe some sort of strange power, uh, a power that comes in and, and works where help is needed. But the Bible makes it very clear that, that, that the Holy Spirit is always portrayed as a person. And because Holy Spirit is a person, that means he has a will and it means he acts upon that. One thing that really struck me as I was thinking about this morning and preparing for this morning is that if Holy Spirit is a person, then it means that he is personal, which means that he can be known. He's not an impersonal force that just comes in and works and then I've, I've come in and done my job and now I'm off again. Actually, if he's a person, then it means that he can be known and it also means that he knows, can know us, which means that we can have a relationship with Holy Spirit. That's so important that we grasp that and understand that. But not only that, as we've thought about already in our true or false statements, the Holy Spirit is described as God Himself. He is God who has been sent to live among us and to live within us. You see, the disciples were incredibly sad at the thought of Jesus leaving them. Understandably so. Can you imagine the time that they'd spent with him over the years that they'd had with him? All of the things that they'd seen, all of the things that they'd learned, all of the things that they'd experienced, and now Jesus is saying, I'm going away, I'm going to leave you. They would have been incredibly sad, but Jesus reassures them actually that they would, even though they might feel like they are alone because he's gone, actually they would never be alone in this life because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. What that means is that the Holy Spirit is not just, the Holy Spirit isn't just around somewhere, just moving around the earth. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, he sends him to live within men and women and children. To live within God's people. I heard it put like this once, and you may have heard me say it a few times before. God has decided to and chosen to take up residence in us. Isn't that incredible? God has decided to live within us, to make his home among us and within us. And in saying this, Jesus is saying that for his disciples, for his followers, for his friends, that they would one day be in Jesus' presence again. This series that we're entering into, we've called Dwell. And that's quite intentional, actually, because sometimes, and rightly so, we can focus on what the Holy Spirit does and what the church does when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and those things are all important. But actually, we feel this is a season for us to learn what it means to have the Spirit living within us and for us to dwell in the presence 
of God. And when we say this is a new series, actually, this isn't just a teaching series. Okay, so when it comes to the teaching part of our meetings, we're going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit. Actually, we feel it's more than that. This is a season for us in everything that we're doing to really be pursuing things, the things of God in terms of what it means to be those who live by the Spirit. We've got two prayer meetings coming up before the end, uh, before the end of, of term, heading into the summer holidays. And both of those are going to be given over to seeking more of the Spirit of what it is to be those who dwell within the Spirit, to contend, really, for more of the Spirit. Now this, the fact, the truth, that the Holy Spirit lives in, in us at Jesus' request is the most amazing gift for those who follow Jesus. The most amazing gift for Christians is that the Holy Spirit lives in us because Jesus has asked him to do so. We mentioned right at the start of our time together, didn't we? We listed people who are in professions that help. We spoke about doctors and nurses and firefighters and a number of others. But the people who are in helping professions, they help and assist people only on occasions of need. But the Holy Spirit is with God's people all of the time because the Holy Spirit lives in them. This last week, I don't know why, maybe it's a conversation my children have had between them, but both of my children have come up to me and said, I want to live with you and mummy when I'm grown up. I don't want to move out, I want to live with you. And I've thought to myself, you'll probably change your mind when you get older. But I've said to both of them, I'm like, as long as you want to live with us, you will always have a home with us. But it got me thinking. We, where we, our family, as we live together, I help them when they need help with things. When things arise, we help one another. But living with them doesn't mean I'm only there to help them. We do life together. We share life together. We learn more about each other. We enjoy being together as much as I can. And and for me and Steph, we're trying to teach our children and pass on what we know. And I think that's a really helpful picture of what the Holy Spirit does. Knowing that Holy Spirit lives with us. It's not that he just comes to our house every now and then when we need a bit of help. Actually, we know him and he lives within us. And we spend time with him, and we can, which means we can actually grow, not just in our understanding of him, but we can grow in our experience and our relationship with him as well. The, the presence of the Holy Spirit on the, in the life of the Christian is so significant. And the fact that God as Holy Spirit lives in Christians is truly unique. You won't find that in any other religion. This is truly unique. And what did we see in the video about Pentecost? We see a little glimpse there. Not just a little glimpse. We see actually quite a clear picture of what it is that Holy Spirit does in terms of how he helps. People were speaking in other languages so others could understand. Peter was teaching, wasn't he? The Holy Spirit fell on him. He's given confidence and boldness, courage, and he teaches. We see that the church then, full of the Holy Spirit, loving, serving their communities, loving one another, seeing miracles being performed, gifts of the Spirit being acted out. In the verses that we read from John, in chapter 14, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is the teacher of truth. Remember, we said that, didn't we? It's not just a name, it's who he is, it's what he does. And we see that at Pentecost. Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, teaches about Jesus. Holy Spirit enables Peter to reveal the truth to those who have not yet heard it. 
And the church, the early church is there devoted to life together. They're, they're, it's about teaching. It's about truth being revealed as Holy Spirit works among them. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is the, Holy Spirit is the bringer of peace. Maintaining peace between God and man, but also peace among people. At Pentecost, as people were hearing, hearing the gospel being proclaimed in their own language, what did that do? That enabled people from very different parts of society, from very, very different backgrounds, of different ethnicity, of different races, to be united and brought together. But that was a work of the Holy Spirit, working through God's people. As the Holy Spirit is the teacher of truth and also the bringer of peace. And so what I want to say right at the very start of this series, let's be expectant about encountering not some impersonal force of the Holy Spirit, but the person of the Holy Spirit who longs to have a relationship with each and every single one of us to work in our lives, to help us, to lead us into truth, to lead us into peace. And so, actually, my heart is, as we press into this season together, that maybe for some of us, for some of you, actually, this is going to be like a first-time introduction to the person of the Holy Spirit. May I encourage you, really press in to that. But for others, actually, let's be expectant of getting to deepen that relationship with the Spirit that we already have. We're going to come and we're going to spend some time in prayer. I'm actually going to hand over to Pete. So Pete's going to come and help lead those of you who are here in the hall in, in a time of prayer and response to what we've been thinking about already. I'd love to have an opportunity to pray with the children. So for any children that would like to, we're going to go through into the Mayor's Parlour, very grand sounding room. We're going to go through there. We're going to use some bubbles to help us to pray. I've got an idea of how we can do that. So maybe if mums, dads, a, a responsible adult uh, who parents are happy for their children to come out with, would you like to come out and we're going to come and spend some time praying uh, together? It would be wonderful to be able to do that. I'm going to seek to encounter the Holy Spirit ourselves. But I'm going to hand over to Pete.